We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. That's right, a lot of changes this week on The Ticket where they're taking shows away. You know, uh, you know we're, we're the only local show exclusively on 790 The Ticket anymore. But you know one thing that they weren't going to take away? This damn fight show. That wasn't going anywhere. So good to be with you here on this Sunday morning. And thank you to everybody for tuning in. Had ourselves a... Uh, very strange day yesterday as we had we had a UFC pay-per-view card well it wasn't like you know but it wasn't really a pay-per-view you got it on uh on ESPN plus which was a huge surprise to me when I was talking about this last week I was like ah, I think you had to pay for it I knew it was in the afternoon but nice little surprise got it on ESPN plus got it with a subscription um watched it at a uh, place called spookyville on my phone most of it uh, well, I watched all of it on my phone. I just watched most of it at Spookyville. And the reason being is, uh, yeah, I had, you know, I was busy boots on the ground dad this week. I was, uh, I was at the PFL on Wednesday. I went to a couple of heat games this week. So I, I had to do some kind of family time, but also was in the midst of flipping back and forth between Canes and UFC on my phone. Reception was good there. We were rolling and, um, you know, I was I told you this this past week. I was excited about this card. A lot of young talent that I wanted to see, and, and a lot of guys to see where they're at in their careers and and what this what this card was going to do. And then you had this 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 old classico in the in the main event with two old vets. Um, you know, Jan Blahovic, who kind of had his moment winning the title that Glover Teixeira was gunning for. And so we'll get right into it. And uh, I'll tell you about my week, uh, my night also out at the PFL this week, what that was like, and uh, got ourselves some big fights coming up next week too with UFC 268, back-to-back weeks with UFC numbered cards. And we also have the return of Canelo Alvarez, who is going for his undisputed title, taking on Caleb Plant. Glover Teixeira... Uh, he is your new light heavyweight champion of the world at 42 years old, beating Jan Blahovich. Second round, rear naked choke. It did not take very long. As soon as he sunk it in, um, you know, it, it was it was tap tap city for for Jan Blahovich, who uh, you know just couldn't get any really of his offense going. You know, he talked about it in the post fight interview. Really left the Polish power. Uh, he thinks on the plane and never got off the tarmac. And Glover Deshaies really had it all going for him. He really did. He hit him with a vicious left hook, dropped him at one point. Uh, was was taking a much control, easy first round for him. Um, very very clear cut for Glover. And 
at one point in the second round just got uh got the back of Jan Blahovich and it was uh it was wrapped over then. It's impossible not to feel good for him. DC said that he had tears in his eyes. And uh, it was just a really cool moment for a guy who had been in the sport forever and it had always been thought of as the guy who was going to have this moment. Uh he just happened to be at the time where he got one crack at John Jones uh and John has been raiding over that division for so damn long, but for to see him get this, and we talked about this last week, what an incredible run it's been for him to get to the title where, you know, he's now won six in a row. This has been a real resurgence that he's worked on to get here. So it's impossible not to feel great for that moment that Glover DeShera had to, to become UFC light heavyweight champion was really, really cool. The, uh, the, the bantamweight interim title fight, this night was, I think, probably uh, was was really really great. It, it was super entertaining. Fight of the night honors that went to them. Glover got uh, performance of the night, as did Hamza Shemaev, and we'll get to his performance in just a bit. But uh, this fight between Pierre Jan and Corey Sandhagen was just tremendous. And I don't know what you got to do to put Pierre Jan away. The guy, I guess, he really just he literally just has to beat himself. And that is the way that you can win and, and and he can end up losing his belt. Otherwise, I talked about this last week. You know, I picked Corey Sandhagen to win this, but I did, you know, put it under the guy that he's got to get it done early. Because as we've seen now with, with Pierre Dion in, in his rise to the elite, his championship run, which I guess you'd still consider this a championship run. He is, he is back with gold around his waist. The guy is just... I don't know if it's he's got to be revved up and he starts get going in three. I don't know if he's sitting there and he's breaking down his opponent and he and he just waits till they're a little bit weathered and then he just knows when to pounce. But something happens in these round threes where he's just like go time and it's it's unleashing uh, all hell on Corey Sandhagen. I had a little bit of an issue um, with it being you know. I thought Corey put on a great performance. And I, I thought about this as, you know, as I'm watching it live. And sometimes when you're watching something live, you know, you do need to step back and take them all. But as I'm watching, I'm like, man, this is a really, really close fight. It's a really, really close fight. I feel like it's 48-47. And I kind of feel like it could go either way. I do feel like ultimately the, the, the right guy won. But I feel like when I see all these scorecards at 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, I'm just like, man, all of them were 4-1? Nobody thought that Corey Sandigan put up a... Uh, at least lost 3-2. So I felt a little bit bad for Corey in that regard because I thought that he, when you see that, it, it shouldn't be this way, but it's like when you see every card go 49-46, it feels like a very lopsided affair. I thought that he at least won one and five. Um, two was close. Two was close, man. It was it was a tough one going back and forth. Three and four, very easily for Pierre Dion. But... um. You know, I thought that it was. It, it felt like when those scorecards were read, it was Corey was 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 more deserving of a better fate. It felt like, but you know, he's at this point right now where he has lost to the top three dogs. He's lost to Pierre Dion, very very close. He's lost to TJ Dillashaw, very very close, and he's been finished by Aljamain Sterling. So I still think everybody knows how good this guy is. At 29 years old, he's not young, but he's still right in his prime, and I do feel like. Whatever it takes for him to get back there, whether it be a rematch with TJ Dillashaw or if TJ Dillashaw becomes champ or if Piotr Jan stays champ. And 
I, I do feel like he's going to be back in there. But this Pierre de Jong, man, you need to come into those car. You need to come into this almost with like a two by four to put him away in the in the first couple of rounds, or it's going to be big, big trouble for you. It's going to be big trouble for you if he is uh, still sticking around by round three. He's a he's a he's a tank. He's an absolute tank and is very very impressive. And you feel like it's a belt. Like it's it, it's a feeling of. If Corey would have won this, it would have felt like, man, this guy feels like the legit champion because he beat the guy who really beat himself in the championship fight. Now it feels like, okay, Jan has gold around his waist again. Probably the right place to be. Um, and I think that everyone's going to favor him heavily when him and Aljo fight again. And Aljo's got to find a way. Is there a way that he can either get to him, get to his neck, submit him, take him down, any type of fashion in these first couple of rounds, that's got to be the way we're looking at this because it feels like, man, after that first round where Jan's a slow starter, it could be really, really bad news for uh, for his opponent and for Aljo when they uh, when they do meet up again. Uh, the other thing that was exciting about this card, I thought it stuck on two fights on the main card. Wanted to see what was Islam Makachev, uh, what was he going to look like against Dan Hooker. Um, this is... The prospect of all prospects, the second coming of Habib. What was he going to look like in this upcoming matchup? And he just put it on Dan Hooker. I mean, like this was, uh, you know, for for any anybody who was a believer in in, in Makachev and that he was going to uh, be the next coming of Habib needed, you know, needed to to, to put a, a staple on that, you know. And and I think that he really got to it in this matchup. You know, puts Dan Hooker away with a nasty Kimura lock and, you know, just, I think puts a, a huge exclamation point on where he is right now in, uh, in this title picture. He's not just, he, he's trying to get out of that. I think Nurmaga made off shadow just a little bit, even with Habib pumping him up and, and, and super excited for his win. You know, you, you, you need those signatures that are going to let it be known. And everybody knows that Dan Hooker is an absolute badass. He's kind of fallen into that. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's lost to a lot of the top guys there. So, but he is also in a position of, man, you've beat him. You know that you're a true badass. And we've seen Michael Chandler beat him. It's led to a title shot. We've seen with Dustin beating him. It's led to big rewards for him. So it feels like the same thing is going to happen for Islam. Like he's going to get this and it's going to turn into a uh, to, to great riches for him. It's going to turn into a, a big time reward for him. And, and and that's that was huge to see. And then the other one that was everybody wanted to see was, of course, Hamza Shemaev. In my mind, probably the biggest wild card in all of this because he had such a nasty case with COVID-19, such a nasty run and talked about retiring, talked about he couldn't do it anymore, you know, had to have uh, the Chechen president, you know, convince him to, to keep fighting. What was this guy going to look like? You know, was he going to be the same guy that everybody fell in love with that looked like this unstoppable monster? And holy hell, did he look good. I mean, what he did to Li Jingliang was uh, was unholy. I mean, picked him up, tossed him across the cage, and just beat the holy hell out of him until he got the rear naked choke to put him away. This guy is super scary. He was very intense afterwards. Every bit of star power that you were hoping to see from this guy and potential and, and what he can be, he hit all of that and more. Now you hope you just see him in there uh, right away again because that was the thing that we all liked about him. You know, he won two fights on 10 days' notice, uh, won three fights in a very short span, 
before everything hit him in the pandemic and, and he got as 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 sick as he did. It's great to see him back. Um didn't really, you know, looked in great shape. Didn't look like he missed a beat. Uh just looked absolutely fantastic. Um and, and so that was really exciting too to see to see guys like Pyotr Jan, Islam Akhchev, and Hamzat Shemaev come out of this with huge star making performances or you know, star maintaining performances, if you will, and maybe the case of Hamzat and, and for Pyotr, and I think for Islam probably uh solidifying himself as well. It, it's great to see that because it is good to see a guy like Glover get the moment that he did, and that's certainly awesome. And you get the gooseies and all that type of stuff as a fight fan, and you feel great for him. But in reality, he's 42 years old. Like, how much more does he have in the sport uh to to give? This feels like almost the storybook ending for him. You know, like I'm sure he'll get another big fight and he'll want to reap the benefits of being a champ. But ultimately this is always the storybook ending that you, you, you want for a UFC fighter for these guys. They're, they're right in their journeys. Jan looks like a very dominant champion champion in the making and, and maintaining uh, Islam looks like very much like he is championship quality. And so does Hamzat. Like these guys all either are champions or look championship quality. And that was, was exciting about this one. We'll get more into uh, what's coming up on next week's slate as you have another UFC card coming up. Kamar Usman returning to the ring, rematch against Colby Covington. So we'll get into that. I'll tell you about what went down at PFL this week when I was down at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Back with more on Tobin's Fight Show after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Had a, uh, had a fun local fight week as we had the PFL in town. Uh, they were at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, giving away a million dollars for all their championship fights. Really, really cool. I think that, uh, honestly, though, was part of the uh, the thing that was the best part of the night is just seeing that emotion. Uh, it feels like life, you know, it's like life changing money going into these people's hands. You think about a guy that we had on the show in House Manfio beating uh, Luke Rajivov for the lightweight championship, and that is cool. Winning the lightweight championship of the PFL is is nothing to sneeze at. But you get that big check in your hand. You have your wife there, and and he has that feeling of, of pride, providing for his family, providing for his spouse, all that type of stuff. Guy who was cleaning offices and and doing side classes, and to have a moment like that, to receive a payment like that um, for winning a five round fight, it just has to be unbelievable. It has to be an unbelievable feeling for him. Um. My takeaways from having them here, like I think the PFL just has one thing that I just really need them to figure out, uh, and that's just the pace of shows. I don't know what they're doing because, listen, I haven't been watching PFL TV broadcasts. I don't know what they're doing in between. Are these the most epic documentaries ever that are going between each one of these fights? Because you're in the crowd and you're like, you haven't, it just, there's so much downtime between each bout. And they got to do something about that. I was with my boy Leroy Horde, who you guys can hear with me every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. right here on 790. And I love going to the fights with Leroy. I love uh, love his commentary on fights uh, and, and what he has to bring to the table with that. But I, he also loved for the cardinal rule because a heavyweight championship came out up there. He goes, oh, no way this is going to last five rounds. You never say that. You, you never, ever want to say that. It's a it's a it's a A1 class A cardinal rule jinx. You never say that when a fight's gonna start. They do this all the time at Father. There's no way that this is gonna go the distance. It's a classic case of the fight's gonna go to the distance. Trust me. Every single time, 
that fight's going to go the distance. So it did end up going the distance. And I would say, yeah, the only thing that, the thing that just was rough about this night of fighting was ton of fights going to the decision. And I was thinking about this. I was like trying to figure out, I've been to a lot of PFL shows and I was trying to figure out why this is. And I was wondering if it was because they have, you know, a heavy talent roster with a lot of fighters from Russia, a lot of fighters from Brazil. Does this equate to a lot of fights are going to end up with grappling and there's not a lot of people whose first point of attack is striking? I was trying to figure it out. I don't really have a great theory for it. Is it because guys felt like if they had the path to victory to get to the million dollars just by holding. There was just so much holding up against the cage. There was so much smothering uh, up on the ground, all that type of stuff. It's not a lot of action. I would say like outside of the lightweight championship, there wasn't a ton of action. Now, candidly, I did leave uh, after the Clarissa Shields fight. You're doing a fight night on a Wednesday. I got a weekly radio show to do at 6 o'clock. I live nearly an hour away from my radio station. I got to get home. And that was the big bummer of the of the card was just the pace was taking forever. Like the fight started at eight o'clock, right? The main card. And Clarissa Shields, it was 1015. She hadn't fought yet. Like, come on, we got we gotta we gotta move this train along. And mind you, these weren't quick knockouts. These were these were going the distance, and plenty of time was spaced between it. And it just was taking forever. I don't know what the hell they were doing on this broadcast to where every fight seemed like it had a 45-minute break between it. But that's the way it felt in the crowd. Like, we had the Heat game on. Thankfully, they are playing the Nets that night. So, Leroy and I were watching that on our laptop because I was in, we were in the media section with the Wi-Fi and the table and all that. So, that helped a little bit. But if you weren't there, like, I mean, I don't know how drunk people must have been getting or people going up and... uh and going gambling or whatnot. I will say, when Clarissa ended up losing her fight, um, huge amount of the crowd went up and lost. Like It felt very much like she was the biggest draw to all that, which I think speaks to credit to her that people were that interested in watching her compete in another sport. I was sitting next to her uh, her publicist during the fights. I was like, it was, it was disappointing because she lost, but I, I was trying to say to him, like, listen, man, this isn't boxing. It's it's MMA. She just needs another win. She's right back in, and everybody's hyped to see her fight again. You know, like, I almost fell for the Jake Paul trolling, where it's like, you know, Jake Paul, he trolls everybody. It's like, this guy, he trolls. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. He just knows the buttons to push. So Clarissa Shields talks believe about him. You're like, oh, no way you're going to talk believe about a girl. Of course he is. He's Jake Paul. He's a master troll. But... To Clarissa's credit in all of this is, you know, she's she's actually diving into this and trying to do a completely different sport after mastering another sport. All right. So this isn't celebrities coming along and just kind of doing it as a hobby and fighting other professional athletes. This is a woman who has been to the heights of amateurism and the heights of professionalism of her sport. And so now she's going into another sport because there is very much a glass ceiling in boxing that women cannot break through. 
There's no million-dollar paydays. There's no correct promotion. This woman should be a promoter's dream. People either love her or hate her. She's super polarizing. She is charismatic. She's entertaining. Our boxing match is the best thing in the world. They're okay. You know, so it's not the most pleasing fight style, but she is great. She is great. And I think that that dominance could be sold the right way. Um, But the idea that she has to go to another sport to have this sold, to have people go to a building to care about her like that, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. A lot of people were talking about the idea that uh, she should have been given better matchups. And I do, to a degree, agree with that. I I do... um, wish that Clarissa was put in there and put in position where she could, you know, stand and bang with a little bit. But I will say, look, if you're going to get good at the sport and you're going to do anything in the sport, you just got to prove yourself against things that are going to be going up against you. You know, if she's going to go in there against another woman who's mostly boxed, for example, um, you know, she could go in there and win with tiny gloves. But what does that prove? Like what she did in the first fight, the reason it was so impressive is because she was going in there with somebody whose background was jujitsu, took her into deep waters, tried to submit her, which comes out in the third round and wins. Abigail Montes, um, you know, just had a better skill set to avoid that stuff. Didn't really do much. You know, I think honestly it would have been this is the one thing I think that would have helped Clarissa that I don't think. A veteran fighter would have a veteran striker who's not good at ground game. I almost feel like she worked so hard to get off the ground that a ref could never really stop and say, break, get up. I feel like if there was a, a veteran fighter, probably would have tried to neutralize it a little bit more, probably tried to would have deadened the action, and that would have maybe ended up in the fight getting stood up or something like that to give her more opportunities. But Dude, credit to her. She She's going out there doing something completely, completely new. She's not getting embarrassed. She's losing split decisions. What are we talking about here? So that was the last fight that I saw live. I think uh, I still think I, I want to see Clarissa fight MMA again. I'm really, really into it. And um, the only thing I would say is, you know, maybe you take a, you know, maybe she should have been a little bit more aggressive like she was in that third round. Um. But I think Abigail made that tough. Abigail was tying it up and wasn't going to let her get her shots off. Once that was over, I didn't know when the Ray Cooper fight was going to happen. Um, but the two main events, Ray Cooper, he obliterated uh, Magomed Magomedkirimov to uh, to win the welterweight championship again. Uh, brutal knockout. Would have been the first knockout that I had seen basically since the third fight of the night. And then Kayla Harrison did Kayla Harrison stuff. But this is the thing. So Ray Cooper fights, right? And I'm at a red light. I see uh, the the highlight at, at uh, of Ray Cooper knocking out. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm getting onto the turnpike to get home. It's a 40-minute drive. A 40-minute drive from the time Ray Cooper knocks out his opponent to the time that I get home. I get home. It's walking time. It's midnight, and they're walking to the cage. Like, again... Something about the pay. I don't know like what epic documentaries they're showing on this TV broadcast, but something has to be done about that pace. It was unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. So it wasn't the most entertaining night of fights. I did enjoy 
the Clarissa Shields fight because I thought it was fascinating. I did enjoy seeing the great moments of guys winning a million dollars and seeing what that meant to them. But the action in the cage kind of stunk. And then the pace was so awful that I couldn't stay for probably seeing their two best fighters. But, you know, PFL has been fun. It was a fun ride for them down here. It was cool that they did their whole playoff down here. Um, Very, very cool experience for us down here in South Florida. A lot of American top team fighters with a ton of success. Antonio Carlos Jr. did have a sick uh, submission to win his light heavyweight championship. We had him on the show last week. And so you feel great for those guys. You feel great for those stories. It really, uh, that, that, that's what made the night more than anything. So coming up next week, speaking of uh, the stories and all that type of stuff and heavy stakes, we have a little UFC 268 action coming your way as this is a fun card. I've been saying this about the UFC pay-per-views, and I'm going to put this weekend as under the category because they numbered it, so I count it as a pay-per-view. I thought this was a stack card that they put together. They had uh, good title fights, good young talent that you wanted to see. I was into it. This one, no different. I think this is a fun, fun card. You got Kamaru Usman taking on Colby Covington, a grudge match like none other, and a fun, fun first fight that these guys have. Kamaru Usman breaking Colby Covington's jaw in the fifth round is, a, is an all-time moment. These guys, in my mind, were 2-2 going into that final round, and Kamaru sealed the deal. Finished off Colby Covington and has a great storied part of that rivalry. There was a lot in the uh, build-up. Oh, did Colby Covington? Colby Covington said they were going to strip Kamaru Usman. I don't buy it. You know, Colby says a lot of stuff. And the secret sauce to all of this is Colby's actually a really good fighter, I think. I think that he's a very difficult guy to beat. I just don't know if he's good enough to beat Kamaru Usman. I think Kamaru Usman might be generationally good. Um, but I don't even know how that's possible. Like, Kamaru Usman has been fighting a ton. He's super active. He's uh, he's he's always in action. I know that he wants a super fight. I know that he wants to find something that's, like, a little bit... uh out of the box that'll make him a ton of money that is uh, is a huge draw. I don't know how much this is going to do because one, we've seen it already this this heated rivalry between I think something physical probably has to happen during fight week to drum that up. Um but the rivalry was great between these two and and we were very excited for it. I don't know if it has that same buzz coming around this uh, this time around, but doesn't mean it can't be an excellent fight. These guys aren't going to take each other down which probably means it's going to lead to another slugfest. The question is, Kamaru Usman seems like he has really leveled up his striking. Really, really leveled up his striking. He seems like a dangerous striker now. He wasn't necessarily that with Colby, even with even with the idea that he did finish Colby and you show, saw what that strength was with breaking his jaw and all that type of stuff. He looks like a guy who could genuinely go and, and, and look for the finish. The way that he finished Jorge Masvidal and the way that he finished Gilbert Burns um, he seems like a guy who can really, really put the lights out now with those on his resume. For Colby, Colby's there to tie you out. He's the, he's volume, he's exhaustion, all that type of stuff. And it's basically saying, well, can Colby Covington go out there? Can he can he go out box Camaro for five rounds? I think that's a tough ask, man. I think that's a that's a that's a tough ask against a guy like Kamara, who I think is showing improvement in those areas. I really, really do, but. You know, Colby is always going to be, in a lot of ways, because he's such a pain in the ass, 
to people and bothers people with his uh, his his talk lead up, you lose oversight of. But the guy always looks great. You know, he 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 really he he genuinely does. Even in the fight against Kamara, he looked really good. Kamara's just the champ. He's he's one of the best out there. Um, I think you do have to be a little bit concerned that we haven't seen Colby in there for a while. Kamara definitely been more active than him. Kamara Usman has been in there twice since Colby has last fought. He has fought Gilbert Burns, one third round TKO. They beat Jorge Masvidal with that bomb of a right hand at UFC 261 where he retained his championship. It's kind of crazy. Like he wins this fight. You don't know what's on the horizon for, for Kamaro because it's probably going to end up being a, you know, if, if I guess we'll see what happens with Leon versus Jorge. If Leon wins, I would guess he's the guy, but man, if I'm Kamaro, I'm like, man, I've already beat that guy. I don't know how much that gets my, my jollies going. If I am a, a, a Kamaro Usman in this case, I don't think he's going to move up in weight because him and uh, Stylebender are close, so I, I don't see that in the cards. I don't really know where he goes as far as the next matchup is concerned, but I still think that he should be uh, he should definitely be the favorite in this one, as opposed to uh, to Colby, who is uh, who is very very good. Don't get me wrong, but I think that we may be seeing uh, just a crazy good era with with uh, with Kamaru Usman, Rose Namajunas versus Zhang Wei Li. Is uh, is the co-main event? It's funny, you have Camaro and Rose both fighting main and co-main. This was uh, in Jacksonville. Both of these uh, got their win, and Rose won with that just sick leg kick, uh, head kick to Zhang Weili to finish her, and gets the title back. Everything that means to her with that one, and Zhang Weili, who people were talking about, you know, just uh, what a tank she is and all this type of stuff. The interesting thing with this is, you know, can Zhang bring this fight out a little bit? It's a lot. It's a little similar to the idea of the last time these guys fought, where it was, uh, you know, when, when Rose won her title against uh, Joanna Janjacek. Was it was it a fluke? Was it? And then Rose showed you that she can go the distance. I still favor Rose in this one too, that she's going to maintain. So I don't I don't see either champ losing their belt this time around in this upcoming matchup. Justin Gaethje taking on Michael Chandler. That's a hell of a fight. I favor Gaethje. It's going to be good to see Gaethje back in there as he's trying to uh, to stamp his way back into the the, the lightweight title picture. We saw Makachev win this uh, this this uh, on Saturday. You know he's going to be in that mix as well. Could that be a collision course for both of them to fight to get to the title the next time around, or will Gaethje be waiting around and he thinks that he deserves it? Obviously, if Chandler wins and Oliveira wins, we just saw that matchup. But Chandler and D- Dustin Poirier got a little bit of a beef going, so. This is, uh, if it doesn't set up the number one contendership, it's probably the next step to who will be the number one contender in the uh, in the go-around of that. So it's a really, really fun fight. I mean, you got Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera's on the card, Phil Hawes, Chris Curtis. Phil Hawes, tremendous talent to watch. Evan Shabazian looking to bounce back. Uh, Ally Quinta Bobby Green, fun fight. Like, you have a lot of great action coming up this week. Uh, at UFC 267. Very, very much looking forward to it. When we come back, we will talk a little bit of Canelo versus Caleb Plant. That is coming up next week as well. We'll switch to boxing back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790. The Tego will switch gears to boxing here as we have Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant coming up next week. I should mention uh, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Uh, that is not going to happen in Miami. 
as was rumored last week. That was announced officially for Tampa. I think it was on uh, December 18th, 19th. I think it's that weekend. I don't have the official uh, weekend in front of me, but there you go. That's the update. So we will not be having that one. We will not be able to be boots on the ground for that one. I'm not going to Tampa for that fight. Get the hell out of here. Uh, but we do have Caleb Plant versus Canelo Alvarez. The undisputed super middleweight championship of the world is going to be uh, on the line coming up next week. Uh, that fan, I feel like this fight happened. Fa- it's funny because there was so much drama around this fight because of uh, it, it not getting done for the, the the part of September and Mexican Independence Day weekend when Canelo typically fights, and then I still feel like it still got here really fast. Like I feel like these guys were just slapping each other up at a press conference like two weeks ago, and so it's fun that we, uh, we I feel like we're getting Canelo Alvarez in action a lot. I really really do, which is great. It's great to see from uh, from Canelo, who by the way I don't know if you saw this as, as a little aside. Did you see this week had a uh, pretty scathing criticism of his uh his teammate ryan garcia basically saying that he's wasting his talent and that they don't believe that he's all in was uh was pretty wild it was pretty wild to see something like that because you know that camp is uh is interesting people want to work with canelo you know even anthony joshua took a little bit of a visit there but to see him say uh let me get the exact quote here for you but he said that uh quote this was an interview with complex look ryan has a lot of talent but in my eyes he is wasting uh, his time and talent. I look at him and I don't see a guy who's 100% dedicated to us, and that's a bad signal. And it's pretty crazy. He goes, we always remind him as a team, we come to the gym to train, and we learn you need to be at the gym. You need to be learning day by day, at minimum, fighting five times a year. When I began my career, I did 15 fights in one year. Ryan Garcia is super young, and it is crazy because you think about how young Canelo is, but... What is it, Ryan? Ryan is 23. I mean, that was when Canelo was fighting Floyd, wasn't it? Was he maybe a little bit older? I mean, like, it wasn't. Yeah, he's 23 years old. Canelo. Let me see. Canelo is 31. And the Floyd fight was. What was the Floyd fight? The Floyd fight was in 2013. So that was eight years ago. So, yeah, he was 23. So, at his age, he was fighting Floyd Mayweather. And so, interesting to, to, to hear something like that from Canelo when he talks about Ryan Garcia. Um, as far as the fight with Caleb Plant, like, I really like Caleb Plant as a fighter. Uh, I, I, I tend to really like fighters that I've seen live. And I saw Caleb Plant when he, uh, when he won in Las Vegas. He was on the undercard for Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. And what they did was they put him against Mike Lee, had a good beef between them uh, leading into that one. Mike Lee is a uh, guy from Notre Dame. They were both undefeated. And um, it was his first title defense when he, uh, after beating Ustagaki for the, uh, for the championship. And it was, it was just a great performance. He won it in round three, just showed super fast hands. TK, I won Mike Lee. And uh, I was like, man, this, this, uh, this Caleb Plant, they were talking him up all week. That's uh, that's something. Now, Mike Lee hasn't fought since, so do without what you will. Uh, I don't know if that's pandemic. I don't know what that is, but he got the uh, the ba- the the breaks beat off him by uh, by, by Caleb Plant. Um, he's won two fights since then. He's fought. Uh, he's basically fought once a year since that fight. He fought once against uh, Vincent Fagenbutz. I think I got that right. Uh, beat him tenth round TKO, and then beat Caleb Truax. 
I remember uh, talking about them in the lead up to that fight, but people really didn't think that Caleb Truex deserved a title shot for that one and, and weren't really impressed with Caleb, uh, Caleb Plant beating Caleb Truex. And for me, I think this is the biggest thing that I have with Caleb, right? And I think a lot of this, you know, you could, you know, mention the Mayweather fight with Canelo. I do think that one of the things that Canelo did in that fight that was no fault of his own, you know, he showed big stones taking a guy on like Floyd Mayweather and his only professional loss, but was a big step up. Like he had fought Austin Trout, he fought Jose Cito Lopez, and fought a Shane Mosley. He was a little bit uh, down the road, and 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 but this was a big step up. Obviously, you're you're taking on the guy when you really haven't been on that stage yet. And I feel like for Caleb, I really really love him as a fighter, and I like a lot of his skill set. But I feel like taking on Canelo right now is a little bit like the boxing Super Bowl, right? Um, we saw this in their in their lead up. Like these guys, you got a little bit of a talking between the both of them. They get into some fisticuffs. I do like that Caleb Plant is a real one, not shook. He slapped he, he he and Canelo slapping each other up. He got him. Canelo got him and cut him open because of the sunglasses. I love that. I think that should be played a gazillion times this week to to uh, to promote this fight. But we've seen with Canelo, like he really really need to keep a, a a a a good mind and frustrate him to keep him at bay if you want a chance to go win these fights. The other but the thing that I think has helped Canelo where you think about the Austin Trout fight where a lot of people thought, "Hey, I don't know if he got the best of him there one." You certainly think about the Arizlandi Lara fight where plenty of people thought that he lost that fight. Or you think about a guy like Floyd Mayweather, these these slick boxers, these skilled boxers. Um can Caleb Plant bring that to the table and also can he not be shook by the moment? Can you not be shook by, hey, taking on Canelo Alvarez here? It's been a bit of a heat-seeking missile lately where he goes and he tries to really obliterate the opponent. He goes and he's bullying a guy like Caleb Smith, Callum Smith, who's a lot bigger than him. He's bullying a guy like Sergey Kovalev. He's bullying a guy like Billy Joe Saunders. You know, going at these guys and really, really bringing the fight to them. And I think a, a different way that we've seen since really the Gennady Golovkin fight. Um you can make it of his competition slate what it is. That's fine. But it's certainly better than what Caleb Plant's been taking on. And I think for me, it's a little bit tough to believe in a guy like Caleb Plant stepping into the bright lights and getting this win. But listen, we have seen it. We just saw a guy like Jordanis Ugas do this against a guy like Manny Pacquiao, where you would think the same thing. I think I had probably some of the same logic that I thought, this has got to be a little bit too much too soon for Jordanis Ugas. Stepping in against a, a, a legend like Manny Pacquiao. But... The thing that worries me is I would have liked to see Caleb Plant fight a little bit more, be a little bit more active. I think what what, Caleb, what Canelo says is true. You should get to a point where, and I know that there's been a pandemic, but you should get to a point where you're fighting you know, a couple times a year when you're at the level of a Canelo Alvarez and Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. But even Tyson Fury, you hear, like he was pissed that he's been as inactive as he has been. He likes to fight. Um, I think that those those rounds are important. I think that those experience of being the guy is important. You know, I, I look to a, a, a young buck like a Xander Zayas winning this uh, past week. But one of the things that I love about what they're doing with Xander is he's fighting a ton. He's going to probably fight six years, six times this year. By the way, shout out to him. He just was named uh, Prospect of the Year, I think, by the WBO. So shout out to Xander. But I love the fact that he's fighting so much. And I love the fact that that has opened the opportunity 
you know, where if he was going at a slow pace, maybe he'd still be doing four rounders early on, something like that. But no, he's already co-main eventing on a Shakur Stevenson card. That's huge. And I think for 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 Caleb, like the biggest card that he's been on, you know, he's main evented for Fox against Caleb Truax. I don't know how many people watched that fight. He was the co-feature on a Manny Pacquiao card, but it was three hours before Manny fought. So, yeah, this is stepping into some new territory. This is stepping into some major new territory. You saw, I think, him handle it okay the first time around. You know, him and, him and Canelo uh, getting into a little bit of a slap fight, but he didn't back down. I like that. Um, but I just, I wish his skills were just a little bit more sharpened for this moment i don't know that they are I, I think that i think the skills are there but i don't know that they're crafted all the way to be ready for what canelo has been bringing to the table which has been an absolute force i don't know if he's got anything that's going to make uh canelo respect him and i think that if you have a canelo who's not really going to be fearful of anything then you're going to have a tough night on your hands but that being said if he could find some way to make it really ugly if he could be elusive he can make canelo alvarez miss um, that, and he could start racking up rounds to where Canelo gets a little bit desperate. That could be the path to victory. Um, I don't know if I see Canelo finishing him though. I, I feel like this is one of those where I could see, I could see Caleb plant having some moments early, but I could also see that because he's not hurting Canelo, Canelo's going to start bringing it. And don't forget because you're taking on a star like him, Canelo's always, always, always maybe better than anybody else. I think this is got for two guys, Manny Pacquiao, Canelo Alvarez, he's always gotten the favorable judge whistle. Always. We know we think the Golovkin fight, he got a card against mother bleeping Floyd Mayweather, which was crazy. You know, Floyd Mayweather won't be a split decision or majority decision. That's nuts. You know? So, for me, I look at this and I say, all right, he's got the crowd against him. You know it's going to be very pro Pacquiao. Um, don't know if he's got the power to really scare Pacquiao, but if he could get something that really gets the ball rolling similar to maybe like a, a Tiafima Lopez really bringing the fight to a, a Vasily Lomachenko, you know, if he could do a lot of, of maybe making Canelo late to the party, that could be the way where he could find some success. Um, but to me, I just think it's too much for him in a spot where it's not so much. It's too much too soon because he's 29 years old. He's not like super young, but I feel like it's too much not quite at the optimum time you would like to be at to have this fight for him. But props to him for taking it. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Canelo Alvarez to win this via decision. I don't think that Canelo gets the finish, but I do think he becomes undisputed middleweight champion, undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. That's the show for this week, everybody. We'll have a full recap of those fights coming up next week. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.